Hey folks, it's Jesse, the founder of MaxFun. Since we postponed our annual MaxFun drive in mid-March, we have gotten a lot of questions about if and when we'd be rescheduling it. And honestly, we've been asking ourselves the same thing. Well, now we have an answer for you. The 2020 MaxFun drive will start on July 13th. That's coming up soon. We decided to have the drive now because it's always brought a lot of joy and excitement to our community and certainly to us. And to be totally honest, it's also the main source of income for some of our hosts. Like pretty much everything right now, this year's drive is going to be a little different. Uh, we'll still be bringing you very special episodes, fun community activities, premium thank you gifts. But we also know it's a weird time and for some folks, a really difficult one. Some people are in a position to become new or upgrading members. Others can't right now. And that is okay. We'll have ways for you to support MaxFun at every level, including some ways that won't cost you anything. We're also going to run the drive for four weeks instead of two. We didn't think it was a good time to be rushing anybody, and uh, having a longer drive lets us be a little more low-key in our drive pitch. It also gives us more time to do fun stuff, like the weekly live streams we'll be putting on for charity throughout the drive. Most importantly, we want the 2020 Max Fun Drive to highlight all the ways we support each other and our communities. We also want to show how grateful we are to you for making all the work that we do possible. Stay safe. We'll see you July 13th for the Max Fun Drive. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fantide, the podcast for all those complex and complicated conversations about the gray areas in our lives. I'm really hungry and also politics and pop culture journalist, Jared Hill. And I am entertainment journalist and film critic, Travel Anderson. Coming up on the show today, the latest candidate for president is getting the fantastic treatment. Don't please don't uh, even don't don't even frame it that way. <laughs> I'm already triggered. I mean, it is what it is. And Jerry will tell you why your closed captioning subtitle thingamabobbins are racist in our dishonorable mentions. But first, this week, everyone's talking about And in addition to singing, y'all are tweeting up a storm and judging from said tweets, a lot of y'all are just like Hamilton. I've never been satisfied. This is past the popcorn hour segment in which we comment on the foolishness or the debates or whatever y'all are talking about on social media. And this week we're talking about Hamilton because that's what y'all are talking about. It released on Disney Plus last week on Friday and some of y'all have some thoughts <laughs> about it. Jer just, just did you few. Did you watch? I did. Well, I started it because I, I saw like a bootleg version of Hamilton like three years ago maybe. Oh no, you were not supposed to admit to that. <laughs> I was going to say, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but it's fine. Um, I started it when I was, like, getting myself back into, like, a workout. I was, like, working out in the gym. My gym, I mean, in my living room. <laughs> um, and uh, I was, I had it on, and I was listening to the music. I haven't finished it yet, but I've been watching it again. And, like, I was playing the, the soundtrack again today. So did you watch it? Of course I did. I watched it as soon as it came out. Um, and I also was familiar with the soundtrack already because I was like, can't afford to see the show, but like I can stream this on Apple Music. Um, and I like the soundtrack for the most part. Um, but, you know, the internets are feeling a way about the show because in part, right, there's a number of things. It's it's about the founding fathers, but there's very little discussion of slavery. Actually, I think there's a there's a, a Twitter thread by someone by the name of Jacqueline Friedman. 
So I want to shout out to Jacqueline Friedman, one of our listeners, and uh, she follows us and uh, she tweeted us on the 4th of July, which how how apropos, which Mm -hmm. how apropos. Sorry, y'all. It's been a hard week. Um, (laughs) I'm sounding like Travel. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, So she tweets and I want to read her thread because it was so perfect. Uh, and I, I responded to her saying, like, I don't think we need to do anything other than this thread. Uh, Jacqueline Friedman is J-A-C-L-Y-N-F uh, on Twitter, at J-A-C-L-Y-N-F. You guys should go follow her. She did a fantastic job talking about uh, Hamilton. She goes, um, some random thoughts about Hamilton, a thread. She goes, I just watched it, and I'm gutted and spent from weeping. It is a work of staggering power performed by a cast and crew never to be equaled. I am so grateful they filmed it in this way so we can have it forever. And also, I'm so deeply exhausted by this show's bullshit. Which, <laughs> what a way to start a, to start a thread, right? She says it entirely erases the history of Northern slavery and specifically erases the fact that Hamilton managed slave trading for the Schuylers and gave his slaveholding influential friends a pass. He only cared about the issue when it didn't cost him anything. Then she links to a Washington Post article uh, that really kind of like lays that out. And then she goes on to say it has major gender issues. All the women do is pine for Hamilton. They have no character arc or interests of their own once they meet him. It barely even passes the Bechdel test. I am particularly enraged at the unquestioned idea the show presents that the Secretary of the Treasury had an affair with a 23-year-old abuse victim who sought help from him, and somehow she was the one taking advantage of him. She goes. Um, she goes. She goes. She says a lot in this. She in goes this on thread. to like really break down the different ways that you know it's. A bit ahistorical, uh, leaving out a lot of slavery, uh, enslavement, excuse me. Um, She talks about the ways that, you know, it's just not historically accurate. But she also talks about how fantastic it is as a musical. Um, What's been interesting is we were just texting in our thread about this earlier today. And in the middle of our text thread, uh, I got a push alert saying that Lin-Manuel Miranda has responded. And it was an article about his response to it. Now, Tracy Clayton, who, if you are familiar with the podcast Another Round, had tweeted about this as well, talking about the criticisms of Hamilton, and Lin-Manuel Miranda responded to that tweet saying, I appreciate you so much, uh, at Brokey McPoverty, that's her Twitter handle. He says, all the criticisms are valid. The sheer tonnage uh, of complexities and failings of these people I couldn't get, or wrestled with, but cut. I took six years and fit as much as I could into a two and a half hour musical. I did my best. It's all fair game. Um, saying basically like, you know, all the criticisms are fair. But he also talked about like, uh, going on a little bit more, how he had to kind of figure out like how to have that conversation. And he didn't do as good a job as he wished he could have. Uh, I I actually, I want to push back on that. I mean, I know it's Lin-Manuel Marandi, and so, you know, he the creator, so he could say whatever. But, like, I actually think, you know, every... It, this is one of the conversations that we have on the show often, right? Everything doesn't have to be everything, right? So, like, every show doesn't have to grapple with everything. Okay. Um, you, I feel like you can, you know, you can have these conversations about what we wish um, would have been in the show or... Um, the ways in which the show grapples with a variety of other things and also say it in the same breath that like Renee Elise Goldsberry did what she needed to do on Satisfied and David Diggs did what he needed to do and Leslie Odom Jr. did what they needed to do 
and Philippa Sue did what she needed to do. And all and uh, what's the other girl named uh, Cephas Cephas Jones, uh, whatever the Cephas Jones girl name is, whose name slips my mind right now. Um, wow. Shout out to her. Jasmine Jasmine Cephas Jones. They did what they needed to do, and you know I look forward to Hamilton too. That perhaps we'll be able to delve into. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton too. I'm sorry. <laughs> What? I'm serious. Like, well, you know. But, but I do want to acknowledge, like, he talked about uh, in a Rolling Stone article back in 2016 that he had originally included a rap battle between Hamilton, Jefferson, and James Madison on the issue of slavery. However, he um, this is according to the article I'm reading. It says, he noted that the three real-life men never did anything to truly combat slavery in their lifetime, so the number was cut. And I just thought, like, it's an interesting thing, right? I think it it's representative of the ways that we always talk about how you know, erasure happens. And like, am I mad at Lin-Manuel Miranda about this? Not particularly, but like, this is how erasure happens, right? This is how we don't end up having a conversation about enslavement. This is how, um, you know, it's not convenient, right? It's uncomfortable, it's awkward, but it's a part of our history. And I think it's important to at least point it out and acknowledge that, you know, these things existed, this happened. Um, and Very so, much so. Yeah. Last thing I'll say though is, is I do think, you know, when looking at something like Hamilton and, and cultural productions, period, right, that we, we, we grapple with in this moment, I think we also have to realize and recognize that, like, this is a very different moment now than what it was when Hamilton came out. And so we're having a lot of different conversations that we're having now that we weren't having, you know, when Hamilton originally came out, though we probably should have been having them then, too. Right. Um, in, 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 in as a massive or, or widespread as a way. One last thing I think that's important to, to know. I said slavery and then corrected myself to enslavement. And I think it's uh, one of those things that's kind of happening more and more. People are having this conversation around using the term enslavement and and saying enslaved people as opposed to calling people slaves and calling it slavery. Um, it's kind of the same way that we do this with, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness as opposed to calling them homeless. It's like, that's not who you are. It's something that you're experiencing and going through. So that is why we make that adjustment. But go ahead. Shout on. out to Nicole Hannah-Jones. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Kanye's prayer, those many years ago, has gone unanswered. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. We'll be right back. You know what the Midwest is, young and restless. Hey. I'm Bria Grant, an e-reader who loves spoilers and chocolate. And I'm Mallory O'Mara, a print book collector who will murder you if you spoil a book for me. And we're the hosts of Reading Glasses, a podcast designed to help you read better. Over the past few years, we've figured out why people read. Self-improvement. Escapism. To distract ourselves from the world burning down. And why they don't. Not enough time. Not knowing what to read. And being overwhelmed by the number on their TBR list. And we're here to help you with that. We will help you conquer your TBR pile while probably adding a bunch of books to it. Reading glasses. Every week on MaximumFun.org. Rocket Ship One, this is Mission Control. Come in. This is Rocket Ship One. Go ahead. Rocket Ship, what's your status on Max Fun Drive? Shouldn't we have seen it by now? Sorry about that, Mission Control. Turns out I miscalculated. The current projected ETA for Max Fun Drive is July 13. But it looks different. It'll be for four weeks, so it's longer than expected. But all readings point to low key. Oh, that'll be good. But can you verify that there are still special gifts for new and upgrading monthly members? 
verified. Sweet gifts for new and upgrading members, plus amazing new episodes and even special weekly live streams for charity. Copy that. Rocket ship, can you confirm ETA for Max Fun Drive? 90% probability of Max Fun Drive from July 13 to August 7. Did you say 90%? There were a couple of decimal places and I might have carried a zero wrong. I'm just gonna pencil in July 13 to August 7. Mission Control out. All right, welcome back. We've been talking about the desire to do a Kanye West episode literally since the first meeting we ever had to pitch this show. Kanye's always been something that seemed like one of the figures that kind of landed as a quintessential fan tie, which mm -hmm. really came down to a moment of timing. Well, the moment seems to have arrived and we didn't know what was gonna be here, <laughs> but welcome. Um, the thing about it is this conversation for me actually boils down in a way that is even more simple than you might think. I've been saying this for years and I really, really think it's important. I don't understand why we as a culture discuss Kanye as someone who looks like, behaves like, or sounds like they are well. And Kanye has told us he's not well in overt ways and subtle ways and some behaviorally questionable ways as well. As of the time of this recording, according mm -hmm. to his Twitter feed, and notably only according to his Twitter feed, Kanye West is... <sighs> Kanye 2020, baby. He's running for president. Um, I'm really <laughs> challenged by that. Uh, um, I tweeted over the weekend when this came out, like, I am not doing this with you people. I'm not giving you thoughtful analysis around Kanye's policy positions. I'm not going to talk to you about how Kanye's workout plan would supplement Obamacare for prevention. I'm not talking to you about the possibilities of First Lady Kim Kardashian. I am considering how Kris Jenner could maybe renovate the White House to give us a beautiful black and white modern situation. You are disrespectful. Just saying. There are some elements of it that I wouldn't be mad at. But generally speaking... This is what we might call some bullshit. Right. I mean, well, let's, so let's start by saying, right, that I, I think pretty much the folks have said that, like, if Kanye wanted to run, it would be very difficult for him to actually do so at this point in right. the race in terms of, like, the legalities around it. But, so, you know, I feel like... Go ahead. No, you're, to that point, like, he's not filed with the FEC again as of the time of this recording, and he's too late to file to be on the ballot in, in multiple states. So there is that part. Right. So, but, but, you know, I feel like this conversation about like fan, uh, about Kanye potentially being like a fan tie or people, you know, trying to divor divorce the sociopolitical antics from the music is something that like we've been talking about for a minute now. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of want to start with us talking about some of the music that so many people seem to be connected to. Yeah. Um, we, we played right leading into the, the break, a clip from Jesus Walks, which is my favorite Kanye song of all time and I'm not even really a big Kanye fan like that but you know I was this you know this 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 church head this this church queen <laughs> back in the day I love that you use past tense was but okay the disrespect uh, listen uh, <laughs> we've done an episode about this I'm not talking out of school <laughs> but I was this church queen and when Kanye came out with Jesus Walks and it was like this like hip hop approach right to um to to this message of of Christ and faith um 
I, it, I went up for it. I'm not even going to lie. It, yeah. it was it was everything to me, even though the church, you know, the church had a problem because I think he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine uh, dressed as Jesus. And my granny was like, oh, no, baby. She said oh, the devil no. is a lie. The devil is the biggest <laughs> lie and the truth ain't in him. OK. <laughs> Um, and so, but you, did you have, do you have a, a favorite Kanye record? So I always love Jesus Walks. I got to say like the stuff from Watch the Throne that he did with Jay, um, y'all Niggas are going to gag me. Y'all are going to like drag me for this and that's fine. But like the song they did with Beyonce Lift Off is probably the song that I play the most. It's just Yikes. such a good song. You know it? I'm familiar. Yes. I, I my friends can tell you, you give me a song with a bunch of horns and bullshit in it, and I'm all about it. <laughs> I was just going through, like, what do I have in my Apple Music that I, like, play ever, like, or regularly by any stretch of the imagination? And, like, I feel like that's it, which sounds like shade to Kanye, but it's not. I, mm. There are plenty of songs, but I think that's the what I play the most, where I hear his voice most regularly. Choices. I do want to give, like, a like, like an honorable mention to uh, Ultra Light Beam off of the Pablo, mm-hmm. what is the, the Life of Pablo album. Listen, you want to put Kim, Kim uh, uh, what's Kimberly? Kimberly last name? Kim Burrell? No, the other one. Oh, Kim. Um, Kim Clark oh, That's no. Karen. Yikes. Kimberly <laughs> the Clark? Disrespect. Kimberly Crenshaw. Kimberly, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I hope that the listeners are as entertained they're, of us. They're like yelling at their speakers right now. Right, right. Um, Wait, what are you trying to figure out? Uh, the, the the girl who sings her face down on ultralight beam. Oh my God, I hate myself for this. I'm trying to Google it right now, but my phone is like, nope. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about, but shout out to Kimberly. We love you. Apparently, I'm gonna fi- find it while we talk. But Ultra Light Beam is is the song that I want to give like an honorable mention to in terms of like one of my favorites. So, um, so, but this kind of like helps us to get into the fan part of of Kanye, right? Like, um, in our in our script, I wrote the music, but I put the the parenthetical of old. Right? Kelly Price. You said Kimberly. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. Kelly Price. Oh, y'all don't cancel me for that, okay? There's, don't there's take my black card. That is has been screaming at their their <laughs> their phone, their car speaker, whatever it is, hating you. Um, I see the production team is saying that we're canceled. You're canceled, not me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's Laura Swisher or Gordon <laughs> Cowling, but you've been canceled. So anyway, yes. um, the fan part when it comes to Kanye is really about. I think three-ish things. Number one, mm-hmm. I think it's the old music, right? Like, I think the the music has turned a little bit and gotten a little bit less... Uh, good. Huh? Less good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to put it that way. Um, but, like, I also want to acknowledge, like, even with the new music, I know plenty of people love that Sunday Service album. Like, I've not really listened to the whole thing, but I know that it's you always reference it as... That's just Kirk Franklin. <laughs> so, I mean, like... listen, Kanye right now is the Kirk Franklin of rap right now. Wow. Okay. Wow. And that's totally fine. Um, that's totally fine. Um, you know, people love to call him a creative genius when it comes to the music, even, I guess, when it comes right to the innovation, right? I think it is important. Okay, so we have the music. We talk about him being um, I, I the old blackness of Kanye, I think is important because, like, the first time we had, like, a politically... Uh, 
a, a really loud political moment came during Hurricane Katrina um, recovery. And there was like this big, you know, uh, what was it, like a telethon that they had with all these celebrities. And yes. you pulled up the clip when we were producing this. And I had forgotten how funny the clip is. But like, he's standing next to Mike Myers on some awful set. Um, and they are talking. And like, it's very clear that Mike Myers is reading from the prompter. But Kanye is just talking because you can look at Mike Myers looking around like, what the fuck is happening here? And then Kanye says, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And Mike Myers is like, okay, you know what? And then they cut to Chris Tucker, something I had not seen prior. <laughs> and Chris Tucker's like, am I supposed to talk now? What, what's happening? Like, it was, it was wild. But like, people also loved him for that because it was such an honest moment. I people felt as if people felt as if he spoke for black people in that in moment that for sure moment. yes sure um lastly i know you don't agree with me on this but i do think that there's like a creative innovative genius kind of mind in there and there's an interview that he did with charlemagne which we talked about charlemagne and the breakfast club last week and we had planned on talking about russell simmons this week but kanye decided to run for president and threw things off but that interview that Charlemagne did with Kanye West was actually a really fantastic interview. You had talked about the way that he asks questions, and I talked about how, you know, I don't enjoy the way that he does that. But that interview was really, really good. And even if I don't really get into all of the work that Kanye does, I do appreciate his desire and action to be a black innovator in a way that we don't often get to see black people um, be and do because of a lack of capital and platform and flexibility to just explore ideas. And with him, it's fashion and it's art and it's technology. And, you know, more recently with his expressions of gospel, like we talked about. And like, this isn't something, this is something I hadn't really thought about until I just recently did this thing with Dockers um, and the Stonewall Community Foundation, where we were talking about this new fund that they're doing called the Black Futures Fund, which mm. like, how often are there spaces for like black people at Stonewall, it's black queer people to just be able to like, be innovators and be creative and like have ideas where they can where we can you know have that funded and supported and all that and i don't think that's something that we get so often so i appreciate that about kanye because he is he does think differently and all of those different things and like yes there's a mental health component to that but like we don't we're not like we don't like discredit people because of mental illness but at the same time i think it's important to recognize that like Kanye has something that is uncommon at the very least. Well, so I want to challenge that because I don't think that com that that uh, Kanye has something that you know something that's quintessentially him that that other people um, don't have. I feel like Kanye has now the access to be able to to implement and 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 kind of iterate on that ideation but like let's be real there's a lot of creativity there's a lot of innovation in the hood you know you have a you have had to jimmy rig something in your house and you had to you 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 found whatever little bit of stuff that you have in your house and you make it into what you need that that is innovation right and but but that that is what that, i'll say it this way that is what's happening that's the very thing that's happening on these campuses at stanford and mit and all these other places we just don't have the access to it and at the beginning of his career some would say that Kanye didn't have the access to be able to to play in these ways as the way you've said but like I don't think he's special by so any means so you're saying that it's I because because black people generally have a lack of capital platform and flexibility to just explore their ideas 
That's exactly what I'm saying. And That's I'm exactly saying his, what I said three his, minutes ago. His, Moving his, on. But what you're saying, you're giving him a lot of credit. And I don't want to take away anything in terms of what he has accomplished. But I do think, you know, uh, um, being specific about the broader stuff that is at play. Um, I don't I just I don't think he's I don't I don't see him as as special. Imagine imagine what you could get from people if people had the access. If no, people I, had, I'm, you know, I'm, all of that. I'm actually um, not disagreeing with that. I, I think you're right. I think a big part of it is about having access and about having a platform and being able to, like, be empowered to make choices or to be able to explore ideas. Like, I, I'm completely there with you. The gag, though, is, though, when you get that platform and then you start showing out. Then you start doing crazy shit. So I think part of the, the part where we move from fan to anti I think really began at the Taylor Swift moment at the VMAs. So I don't have to tell you, he jumps up on stage, all that kind of stuff and interrupts her award speech. But I think that we started to see that something was happening with Kanye that next night. So you may or may not remember, but he was supposed to be on Jay Leno the next day with Rihanna and Jay-Z performing. And they took a moment in the show to let Kanye do a sit down for it was three minutes. It was very short uh, with Jay Leno and Jay comes up and, you know, says, how are you? How's it going? And like in a moment of like really great question asking, Jay Leno basically asks him, you know, what would your mother think about what happened yesterday? Um, how would you how would she respond to this? Would she give you a lecture? And Kanye is actually silent for about 15, 20 seconds there. And he you can tell that he's he hadn't thought about it that way. Um, and he kind of covers his face and touches his head. And you can see that he's like trying not to break in that moment. Uh, Jay Leno reaches over and touches him and says, you know, it's okay. Um, and then Kanye responds this way. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, I, I deal with hurt. And, you know, so many, you know, celebrities, they never take the time off. And I, I've never taken the time off to really, you know, I just music after music and tour after tour and tour. And I, I just ashamed that my hurt caused you know someone else's hurt my my dream of what award shows were supposed to be caused you know and it, i don't try to justify it because i was just in the wrong that's that's period but i need to after this take some time off and just analyze how i'm gonna you know make it through the the rest of this life how i'm gonna improve this was the first time that i felt like we saw like oh, this is this is like a real moment with Kanye. And it was not the first time we saw a real moment with him because the George Bush doesn't care about black people thing had happened. But it was more of like, I need to do something for myself. I need to take a moment here. And I think it was, I don't know if he'd been having any mental illness issues before, but I feel like this was the beginning of, of us being able to kind of see that. And I appreciated like the candor of that moment. And then I do believe that he ended up taking a pretty good break for a while. Um, but then if we get into the anti parts of it, like it started to come after that. Right. Uh, I think the biggest anti that comes with, with Kanye West is Donald Trump and the Trump support. I think it was really antithetical to really anything Kanye had ever given us when we were kind of growing up with him. And we don't have to talk about the myriad ways that Donald Trump is problematic, but there's you know, so many different things there that we don't have enough battery on your device, nor do we have time. But I will. I do want to pull up. You mentioned the interview he did with uh, Charlemagne. Um, this interview was in 2018. I do want to pull up a quote that he's that he he said about why 
you know, he was interested in in Trump at the time. Um, And he says, quote, I don't have all the answers that a celebrity is supposed to have, but I can tell you that when he was running, when Trump was running, I felt something. The fact that he won proved something. It proved that anything is possible in America that Donald Trump could be president. I'm not talking about what he's done since he's been in office. Remember when I said I was going to run for president, question mark? Funny. Um, I he said I had Triggered. friends of mine. <laughs> I had friends of mine making jokes, making memes, talking shit. Now it's proven that that could happen. When I see an outsider infiltrate, I connect with that. It's a time for the unconventional. I find it interesting that Kanye West finds a connection to the outsiderness of the quote unquote outsiderness of Donald Trump. Um and right we should connect this to Kanye's always felt as if he was he was left of center in every industry that he's been in and I think particularly in this moment a lot of it had to deal with him trying to get into the fashion industry and not having um what he felt was like the the access he was due at the time mm-hmm. and I remember him I remember reading that you know he he got in super, super debt um initially in t- in terms of trying to do his his fashion ventures and things like that, that like that now he's you know rebounded and everybody he's got the gap deal you know gonna give us you know some more overpriced you know uh hobo clothes um but i i just I find that interesting <laughs> i find that that's interesting that's interesting to me that he was connected to trump in that particular way well so the interview with Charlemagne is about an hour and 45 minutes I'm not gonna lie i didn't watch the whole thing but i did watch a lot of it yesterday after we did our pre-production meeting and um he talked about obama and having loved obama and how obama was was you know basically a perfect candidate and apparently obama had come to him prior to uh, announcing that he was running for president he you know obama had a lot of conversations with people before making that Mm -hmm. announcement and kanye was his favorite rapper and like we had he had talked about that you know very publicly but then kanye i think i think it was the taylor swift moment where uh when Obama called him a jackass right. and like that apparently really hurt Kanye and he felt like why would you why if I'm your favorite like why would you come out and say something like that adding fuel to the fire and I know that made a bit of a rift between him, him and Obama I I don't know if that had anything to do with the way that he went and supported Donald Trump because he didn't really say that but that's kind of what I was questioning about it coming out of it. But then I guess it's so difficult for me because Donald Trump represents so many things that are antithetical to what Kanye said he was and who Kanye mm-hmm. had shown himself to be. And I, when I was listening to him talk about it, it's hard for me to really side with anybody that's talking about Donald Trump. But like I do kind of hear what he was saying about how Donald Trump is this unusual figure who was very successful in this way but like that to me is not enough to like go against your belief system about or what we understood to be your belief system right maybe we were misinterpreting that but I felt like it just yes Donald Trump is an extraordinary figure and there have been plenty of times where something I've wanted to do something or or question something and I I will say to myself Child, Donald Trump is president. Anything is possible, right? But I don't mean it in a, like a I adore Donald Trump kind of way. You feel me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the thing is, I I I have I take great issue with people of privilege, immense privilege in the case of Kanye West, who are still he seems to still be tethered to, perhaps rightfully so, tethered to that like 
upstart background that he has, right? The 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 struggling to get into the rap industry and get Jay Z to listen to his beats. The 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 he's from Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, the Chicago, you know, South Side background of 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 struggle. I don't know if it's cl- South Side. I just know that's Michelle Obama. Of struggling and clamoring to get to where you need to, where where he wants to get. He's he's tethered so much to that, and it strikes me as just weird. Well, that, but then we that, also tell people never to forget where they came from. So it's like there's a difference between kind of staying tethered to and keep like reminding yourself of where you come from and like ignoring where you are today, like. They're, they're, the, the way you remind yourself of where you come from is by, right, keep giving back, as Kanye does, to your home community, right? Sure. His philanthropy is, like, you know, out the roof because he's got the money. That's a way to keep you reminded of where you come from. You want to stay reminded of where you come from? Go do some, like, actual community service in the community. Don't kind of pull this, this, this uh, allegiance of sorts to someone who you read as like pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and and shaking the system up like there's so many other people that you can attach yourself to that aren't bad for the community and let's be real but bad for black people well and so i would actually i would wonder how he would respond to that because i would think that he might say that his trump support hmm that his Trump support is kind of an acknowledgement of where he is now and maybe even a bit of a rejection of where he came from. Because I think that, like, if you look at Kanye and Donald Trump, they are both, you know, these extraordinary figures, right? Politics removed, right? They're unusual Mm -hmm. and extraordinary, at, at the very least, at, like, their name ID, their reach, their, you know, that kind of a, their celebrity level of fame or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would wonder if Kanye would say like, yeah, my, the way that I feel about Donald Trump is about where I am right now and how But that I doesn't feel. match up with, that doesn't match up with this statement he makes about Trump. And why he 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 saw Trump as an outsider, and that Trump was able to get on in by any means necessary or whatever, and and you know get the highest office in the land. That doesn't match up with this idea that he feels as if um, his connection and allegiance to Trump is is a reflection of where he is now. Though I think it is in terms of class, in terms of access and privilege, in terms of the ways in which status kind of uh, co-ops people's uh conceptions of self it very much so is a reflection but he's using it to to fiend a a a kind of uh grassroots uh pull yourself up by your bootstraps type of 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 struggle uh uh and and you know audacity of hope type of situation um, first of all watch your mouth <laughs> I said what I said. Well, but like, I think, I think there's a... And we haven't even talked about the slavery comment. Well, we're getting there. But like, I think there is a piece of it where Kanye has like this affinity for Donald Trump's extraordinary nature and like his high level of quote unquote accomplishment, which that's a different discussion for a different day. Mm -hmm. But I think that like, it's a bit ahistorical because it does remove the fact that like Donald Trump was always a rich white man, right? Like, and you know, the sky is the limit and the limit is the sky for rich white men. So like there's that. Um, But I think the the other part of the anti when it comes to him is this, you know, new anti-blackness and like the ways that he is able to like 
talk about black folks and black shit in ways that are just again completely ahistorical i just think that he he you know what let let's like use his words i guess and like you might remember he was with van lathan at tmz or he was at tmz and van lathan inserted himself i should say and was right. like you owe some bullshit this is what kanye had to say when you hear about slavery for 400 years for 400 years that sounds like a choice so <laughs> sweetie the, the, the clip still makes me mad and upset because of its because of its ahistoricity is that a word no it is not a historicality it's a historical nature um a historicalism is <laughs> that's a word <laughs> but it, it makes me mad there but it also it's like kanye has been very clear that he don't read Kanye has been very that's that's what he said he said that I don't don't read my words that's that's basically a quote um (laughs) but he's been very clear about him not having um all of the answers and him not knowing a lot of things well that we can agree with (laughs) well (laughs) but he continues to move through the world in a way that that makes you feel at least makes the people that that follow him and consider him to be you know uh uh god if you will um uh he it, I think it, he p- presents this image as if he knows what he's talking about. As it, it, it's very hotepish. I would say it's very hotep. I don't even think it's hotep-ish. Mind well, you, just minus like the Africa part. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll be there next week. Um, but you know, and even even going all the way up to the fact that he, you know, quote unquote, declared that he's running for president. Right. All of this points to anti-blackness to me. Mm. Like all of this, it's in this particular moment. Ain't nobody got time for the distraction of it all. Ain't nobody got time for uh, um, whatever stunts and shows and games he might be trying to cook up with Kris Jenner and 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 uh, what that girl name? Uh, Kim Kardashian. That one. Wow. Um, and like you know, I just feel like it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Well, it just doesn't make sense. So I think to that point. I don't buy that he's running for president. And let me tell you why. Number one, there has been no filing with the Federal Elections Commission. Again, as of Tuesday afternoon. Number two, though, this deal that he just did with Gap, I don't think you do a deal like that if you know that you're about to run for president. Because generally speaking, and I mean this... This is more about norms and conventions, not about laws and, you know, and, and, and policy. But like you don't go into like some big business deal when the expectation of you would be to divest from your investments. Right now, mind you, right. Donald Trump acted like he did that shit and never did. So, again, this is about norms and conventions. But then also, I feel like if he was like really mounting a race for president, I feel like the whole family would be a part of that decision making and would be a part of the rollout and would be a part of the message. You know what I mean? Like Kim just retweeted it with the flag emoji. And I'm like, sweetie, tis not a real announcement, but I will remind you, I think this is a stunt. I think this is a a publicity stunt, but I will remind you that Donald Trump began his campaign as a publicity stunt with paid extras, with, you know, uh, he had a filing, but like this was a stunt for Donald Trump. Donald Trump never expected to be president. Yes, but but you know Donald Trump didn't declare in an election year. He declared in 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 the year prior, right? Anyway, there's there's particular differences, but the point I think is, you've mentioned already, Kanye 
Kanye has what we call in my community a ticket ticket boom boom. Okay. You know what? What? You know, he's 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 uh or as my granny used to say, he's touched. He's a little touched. You know. Um and I say that and I say that with all respect and, you know, and hopes for him to, you know, be on the medicine that, you know, a couple years ago he said that he wasn't taking um, to to move through this process of coming into whatever identities he's going to take on now um, with a therapist, somebody who's licensed, um, preferably as somebody who's black. Uh, who can help him work through the the race-related things. Um, But when it comes to this particular moment, it just feels like Kanye is... is... Honey, I feel like she's pulling a stunt. I mean, yeah. Um, Because meanwhile, on the other end of that household of his, right, Kim Kardashian is getting, you know, black folks out of jail. Is, I mean... Is working to get black folks out of jail. And so it's just like... Who doesn't want that from their... Who doesn't want that from their first lady? I'm very well. <laughs> I mean, because even because even if we like, I know that I sound like I'm making a counter to my own argument, but like, well, the idea of Kim Kardashian being first lady seemed completely unreasonable four years ago. But like, Melania Trump is our first lady, right? And like, there are nude photo- photos of her on the internet. And that's not slut shaming, that's just facts, right? Like, it's no shade, it's just data. And so, realistically, like, the idea of Kim Kardashian being first lady of the United States, she's one of the most famous people in the world. Like, it's not outrageous, it's ridiculous. <laughs> But, like, mm-hmm. it's no longer outrageous. Like, Donald Trump is the fucking president of the United States. So, let me ask you this as we wrap up. What do we do with Kanye? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, that part. And I mean that. I mean, I, you, it sounds, like, sarcastic, but, like, I think we have to just not take him seriously. I mean, mind you, we just did a whole episode about him, so, like, there's that. <laughs> but, like, I think we can't take Kanye seriously. We did a panel, um, you and I at NABJLA, and I hosted the panel with uh, Black Men in Media, and this was last year's panel. Um, and Lil Rel Howery was on the panel with us, and I had been saying, like, I don't know why we take Kanye seriously. He doesn't act like, sound like, or, or behave like someone who's well. And yeah. Rel said, you know... If Kanye was like that family member at Thanksgiving who always said wild shit, you wouldn't be like mad at him. You would just be like, okay, Uncle Ye, and just keep on moving, right? (laughs) And I think that is really the energy that we have to approach Kanye West with like, all right, sis, anyway, you know, and just like keep it moving and not like maybe have him trending on Twitter. Maybe I overreacted to the whole situation. I don't know. Well, you know, I feel like I'm going to use Kanye's own words back on him. In this current moment, Kanye West doesn't care about black people. Well, there's that. And with that, um, before before we go, we want to know what you think about this, even though we've already heard a little bit of what you think about this on the Twitter. Uh, You can tweet at us uh, at Fantai Podcast, or you can hit us up on Instagram at Fantai Podcast on both platforms. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some really interesting listener feedback that Travel. Wants to trigger me with. (laughs) And we've got dishonorable mentions. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. So last week we told you all about this new company that is supporting our show um, called Arda Wigs. They're founded by a wife and wife team of cosplayers. Queers. um, Because... 
<laughs> really? <laughs> because when they couldn't find the products that they needed on the market for their own cosplaying, they were like, well, why don't we do this ourselves? Um, and so they've now built this business, Arda Wigs, that, you know, it, it's for cosplayers. It's also for drag queens. It's also for, you know, you. If you just want to you want to spice up your, your Zoom meetings, if you want to, you know, just stare back at yourself and imagine what, you know, long hair would look like just in the comfort of your own home, you can buy one of their wigs. I have a gray one that they sent me that is a perfect complement to my skin tone, as well as I've long been interested in, like, potentially dyeing my hair gray. Have you? And so, yes, that's no lie. I'm not saying that just because this is an ad. I've always wanted to do it. And the color, like, seeing, having this wig and seeing the color makes me be like, Okay, girl, we could we could rock this if we wanted to. No, that's actually what's so cool about it because I've always thought that the gray silver hair was like so cool. So when I saw that you got the wig, I was like, that is so dope. And like, I think what people love about wigs the most, right, is that you can just kind of change up your look whenever you want to. But what's cool about these wigs is that they are, you know, primarily for cosplay, but you can take these wigs for anything. So no matter if you are a cosplayer, if you're into drag, or if you just really love fabulous hairstyles and you want to be able to really, you know, change up your look uh, for these Zoom calls and, and for the meetings that you have to take, Art of Wigs is a great place for you to be able to go and find all these different kinds of cool styles that you can check out. And, you know, at the very least, you can call each other on FaceTime like me and Travel have done <laughs> more than one. More than, more and it's a great time. opportunity, right, to support a queer-owned business, to support a U.S.-based business, um, all of those great things. So for a limited time, listeners can use the code ARDAFANTI to receive 10% off their purchase of $30 or more. Just go to ARDAWIGS.com, that's A-R-D-A-W-I-G-S dot com, and enter ARDAFANTI at checkout. That's A-R-D-A-F-A-N-T-I, in case you don't know how to spell Arda or Fanti. That's ArdaWigs.com and into Arda Fanti at checkout and create with us. Don't feel red because English is still new to Travel too. <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We're gonna get into some of your listener feedback. We got this email that I really wanted to read from Colleen mm-hmm. and you know, she says that she's a new listener. She's a white woman. Um, she lives in Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. And she recently listened to our episode on gospel music. And mm-hmm. we had a tough question in that episode about, you know, having somebody come clean your house. And, mm-hmm. and us worrying about the race of the person who comes to clean our house. Okay. And s- First of all, before <laughs> you read this letter, y'all can't see him. But Javel <laughs> has like this big ass fuck ass smile on his face because he knows this letter pissed me off (laughs) so she says a number of different things and then she says the thing i found odd on the one hand is that you folks seem to present let me stop you there um (laughs) something about you folks read as you people didn't like it carry on you folks seem to present as non-racist and believe in equality and not being discriminated against based Let on gender or there. race. Non-racist. Black folk cannot be racist. 
go back and listen to the past episode, sister. And love you, Colleen. Carry on. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this like we're in black church and you're reading the scripture and I'm, I'm the preacher. I'm sorry. I hate go you on. right now. Exactly. Um, and she says, yet on the other hand, you're judging your cleaner because they are white, black or Latino and male or female. I can understand if you have issues with white people in general, so don't trust them. We all have issues. But if I reverse that and said that I personally wouldn't hire a black man to clean my house, I would be racist and condemned. And yes, I do find that racist and discriminatory. Yep, it is. Um, <laughs> and, and it is. But the reason why I wanted to pull this up is, one, because I thought it was funny. And Fuck two, you, because Trudeau. I thought I it was funny. Hate you. <laughs> um, and three, because I want to just, if Colleen's, if you're listening right now, Colleen, you're new to the podcast. I want to direct you to, you know, a couple previous episodes. But that see, we I have. don't even think that works because this is a really old episode that she's referencing. <laughs> she so said I she think just she's discovered back in the archives. Us. She said she just discovered us, but we would direct you to the Tired episode. The title of it's Tired with Dr. Joy DeGruy. You should listen to that. Um, And the episode before it, I think, is where we talked about why black people can't be racist. The episode before that or the one before. Yeah. So there are resources available so that you can, you know, do the necessary work to answer their questions for you. Um, But thank you for listening. So, Colleen, sweetie, (laughs) honey, um... Come in, come in, come in. So <clears throat> to the black people being racist thing, go on my Instagram. There's a video of Dr. Joy DeGruy talking about how racism works and how that is a fallacious idea. Number two, something that white people do that really pisses me off all the time, and you just did it here, so you kind of pissed me off, but love you, um, is doing this thing where white people take, well, if black people do this thing, and if white people did that, so-and-so would feel a way about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would, because all <laughs> things are not equal, right? Like, if you, just taking the race and swapping it and saying, well, if white people did what black people are doing, sweetie, that doesn't make any sense. This is kind of that Terry Crews thing, and I'm not talking about Terry Crews today because fuck Terry Crews. But this <laughs> whole idea of black supremacy, like, that he, that was trending a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. like, that is why that was stupid from Terry Crews. Like, oh, well, if black people just, you know, want to run everything, then we have the concept of black supremacy. And it's like, you sound like black idiocy right now. <laughs> and so because like all things are not equal, right? Like you can't yes. just swap the races. You can't just swap genders. Like everything is not just like take them and switch them. And like those things are not equal. If black people have the kind of economic power, I'm not even going to get into the list of different kinds of power. But if black people have the kind of power that white people have, then things would be equal. So that I'm is why that argument su- does not make sense. I'm actually very surprised you went that deep into it. I thought this was going to be like a good kiki moment and we'd move on. But I'm, sh- I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure Colleen appreciates that. We're going to move on to our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories and people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out or call in either for their good or their stupid. I will start. Okay. Um, and I'm going to lead with something good. Um, and that is a shout out, an honorable mention to Patrick Ian Polk, the mm. writer, director, creator of this wonderful, fabulous show called Noah's Ark. Yes, um, 15 years after the show debuted, Noah's Ark put together a reunion new episode filmed to completely in quarantine. You can watch it on you on his YouTube page, Patrick Ian Polk Entertainment. And for those of us who are familiar with the show, it was I legendary. Think all of us were watching on Sunday night. <laughs> Listen, as we should have been. Yeah. Um. But it was it's it was a legendary and historic show centering four black 
queer people. Um, it still hasn't been replicated in any stretch of the imagination since then. And so I just want to give kudos to Patrick Ian Polk, Daryl Stevens, uh, uh, Rodney Chester, everybody uh, involved with it. It was a really enjoyable episode, and I definitely hope y'all get some sort of reboot conversation or spinoff conversation as a result of it. There was an Entertainment Weekly Live with them, uh, with Karamo hosting and like the cast and all them, and they were talking mm-hmm. about how... I think that is really something that they're aiming toward is like trying to get a reboot because we've seen other kinds of reboots. Um, but I, the one thing that I'll say there before I go to my mention is uh, someone had said in there like Noah's Ark was their introduction to black gay culture. And mm-hmm. I know for myself in college, it was that because I was a new black gay, right? And like my first year at Clark Atlanta, I didn't know what it was like to be out and gay. And like Noah's Ark was like my first it like little glimpse into like vernacular and mm-hmm. culture and all that kind of stuff. So Noah's Ark is next level for me. Okay. We mentioned this earlier on in the show that your closed captioning subtitles are racist. Here's why. Everywhere that you look around the world, there's a place that you can see diversity and inclusion needs to be better. And I think that when we look at closed captioning, we can really see that. I watch plenty of black shit where um, you can see in the subtitles, because I always have subtitles on with things that are recorded, not live stuff. But like, you can always see where they get the language wrong and like it changes the meaning of something. And I wrote this down when I was watching an episode of Legendary and uh, one of the mm. girls was like, shade! But the subtitle said shame. And it was like, yeah. that's not what I that is. That. That's not what that word was. That's not what that means. And like, it changes the meaning of things because you don't have seemingly black and brown people in those roles to be able to do tr- to do transcription for those shows. If you watch uh, Beyonce's Homecoming on Netflix, like there there's language in there that is not the song lyric that she was saying and like it makes it mean something different. And so this is just kind of reiterating for me like we need to see people of color show up in all places and even in the places that we don't think about. So dishonorable mention to closed captioning. And I, I'll just add that I also think it's important Right. Also for people who are hard of hearing or, you know, otherwise, you know, uh, audio impaired because they they need to know exactly what's said on the screen. Um, And so that's a good one. My next um, mention is a dishonorable mention slash honorable mention. So maybe that equals itself out. It cancels itself out. And it's just a mention. Is this just a mention then? It's just a mention. Okay. Um, And this goes to Halle Berry. She got caught up in some, some stuff because she was on an IG live talking about her. um, She was considering playing a role of of a trans man and she misgendered the character multiple times in the course of talking about the character and talked about how she felt the character was like a woman's story even though the character uh, was transitioning to 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 manhood into manhood um and you know the girls came out in 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 protest if you will and she did end up releasing a statement apologizing talking about how she has been educated and she now understands and wants to be an ally um but i'm just going to do another directing of everyone who maybe you don't understand the importance of trans people playing trans characters at this particular moment in our conversations about um about hollywood and about actors and opportunity i'm going to direct you to watch disclosure it's available on netflix it's just about an hour and a half of your time hour hour and a half hour 45 minutes watch it yourself and do the education also small plug my co-host is in that documentary okay um (laughs) this i'm gonna we're we're gonna move quickly here um 
another thing that I, that happened right after we taped the last show, so we didn't get to talk about it, um, pissed me off. And I just want to say to companies, to cities, to organizations that are largely white run, we don't need street names changed. We don't need a black national anthem sang at your goddamn football game. We need shit that is going to like have a real impact on people's lives. The NFL came out and said that they were going to sing lift. They were going to have lift every voice saying at like, I think the first preseason game or something. And my yeah. white people were pissed about it. Right. There are plenty of pe white people who were not happy about that. Um, it's the black national anthem and like, sure. Cute gesture, whatever. But what does that boardroom look like? What does that C-suite look like? What do all the people who are running this organization look like? So y'all need to really make some other changes. And it is not about that song. It's not about appeasing black people with little shit because also it highlights to us that you don't have no black people in there making your strategy or at least any empowered black people making uh, decisions in those rooms. It's also like, we didn't ask for that. <laughs> we like, didn't ask for that. Like, give Colin Kaepernick his job back. Exactly. Put him on a fucking team. Publicly apologize to him. And then let's talk about the organization. I'm done. I'm there sorry. we go then. My last honorable mention is going to Kimberly Drew and Jenna Wortham. They have a new book that is now available for pre-order. Kimberly Drew is a big name in the art world, art or art slash activism world. And Jenna Wortham is a reporter at the New York Times, um, co-hosts the podcast Still Processing. They co-edited a book together called Black Futures. It is slated to be an archive of collective memory and exuberant testimony, a luminous map to navigate a dark and disorienting present and infinite geography of possible futures that answers the question what does it mean to be black and alive right now and so mm. they have assembled a number of works from a variety of different you know leading um and important black thinkers um across a variety of industries so if you're interested you can pre-order that we'll have a link uh in our you know the blog post on maximumfun.org that you can check that out and pre-order and support them um, yeah, last thing for me, I just want to shout out to Amer Aman. I hope I'm saying his name right. He is a stand-up comic, um, and he has this fantastic stand-up bit about reverse racism and how stupid the concept is. Uh, his name is Amer Aman. His name is A-A-M-E-R-A-H-M-A-N. Just look up Amer Aman reverse racism. We don't have the time to talk about it, but it's fantastic. Love Maybe it. we should email Colleen his, uh, like a video. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. You can give us a five-star review on Apple. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think about the show, what you love and what you hate, more about what you love than what you hate. Are you still laughing at yourself? I'm still laughing, yes. I am hilarious, honey. Um, if you have a comment, a suggestion, or some thoughts, you can uh, tweet at us or hit us up on our DMs. Uh, uh, at Fanti Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you would like to support the show, the wonderful, fabulous work that we do, you can give us $10, $5, $20, a million dollars. A million dollars! By becoming a member at MaximumFun.org slash join, where you can support the work that we do here directly. Awesome. And you can send us an email at fanti at maximumfun.org. That's fanti at maximumfun.org. Our music is by Corice. You can find him wherever you find Slayworthy Audio. That is C-O-R dot E-C-E. -E. And uh, all of our photos and cool art and all that kind of stuff is done by Ashley Wynn, who I love and appreciate and adore. She's fantastic creative. Ready the air horns. We want to thank our production team, our producer, Laura Swisher. <laughs> and Jordan Cowley. <laughs>
you look like like a dog that's like like howling at the moon when you do it. This is a production of Maximum Fun. This <laughs> is a production of Maximum Fun. You are a fool. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. You can rem- Michelle Obama. Oh, 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 wait. I got something in my throat. <laughs> this is what you get for talking about Kanye, y'all. Don't do it. Oh. <laughs> Laura, there's your blooper.